What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games. I promise. And yo, the audio probably sounds a little different this time around because I'm just talking into my phone instead of using my headphones with the microphone because they broke. Uh, it sucks. The microphone on them broke. The volume controls broke. So I can still hear out of them. But other than that, they're useless. And I know it's weird to say that headphones that you can just hear out of is are useless. <laughs> God, we live in the future. Like I've said before, we have all the shitty stuff from Cyberpunk, but none of the cool stuff. But I guess we do have a few of the very minor cool things. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's why the audio sounds a little different. Sorry, I got a new pair comment. I don't know if this is better or worse, uh, but here we go. Hey, Joe, Jason here. Put on my nerd hat for a minute and let you know that Puck is indeed Canadian, but the team he was originally in was Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight is what you're thinking of. So, illustrated and possibly created, I think created, illustrated and written by John Byrne at the time, who had a famous run of Fantastic Four and X-Men and whenever DC did some Superman stuff. And Anyway, but Alpha Flight is what you're looking for. Ah, damn it, Alpha Flight. I knew that, man. I fucking knew it. Uh, yeah, so the name Puck. He was a member of the Canadian superhero group Alpha Flight. Uh, the name also comes from A Midsummer Night's Dream, as my buddy Woody reminded me. Uh, and yeah, so I ended up going with that because I never did come up with a better name. Uh, and it was awesome, man. He ran, he played just like I thought he would. It felt it felt like I thought it would feel, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, the DM... She's going to hate it. <laughs> she's going to hate it because he can trip, man, and he's really good at tripping. And it sucks in Pathfinder to get tripped. Uh, so if you're prone in Pathfinder, you take a minus four to hit. Uh, and everyone making melee attacks against you gets a plus four to hit. Uh, ranged attacks against you take a minus four, but I don't worry about that. And so also standing up from being prone in Pathfinder triggers attacks of opportunity from everybody around you. I also, my character Puck, has a feat that whenever someone falls prone in front of him, he gets to make an attack of opportunity. So basically he runs up, you know, when he gets a full attack. So even if he doesn't get a full attack, here's how it goes. He'll run up to a monster and trip it instead of making an attack against it. So he'll trip it. And not only does he then get to knock it prone, probably he also gets to attack it. So it's like a dual benefit right there, right on his first turn. Uh, when he gets to make a full attack now, he'll go, he'll punch them twice or kick them. You know, he'll do some martial arts, a couple martial arts strikes, then trip then attack of opportunity, and then one more one more strike with his flurry of blows. So I got a lot of shit to do in a turn. It's fun. I can bang it out on roll 20. I have, you know, all the 
on the character sheet all the different attacks in the order that they come up so i can just click 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 and i don't even have to like go back and forth and look at the chat to see what i got i can just bam 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 and just bang it out and it's really fun so uh we just started book four of rise of the rune lords and it looks like the village of Sandpoint, which is kind of like an iconic village in the uh, Pathfinder world and the world of Galarian. It's probably the most, it's the start of a couple different modules. Uh, it's under attack by an army of giants and a dragon. So, shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there. I feel like we don't have all the information um, I, you know, from a meta point of view, I don't feel that Paizo would set up an account because there's just four PCs and the information we found said that there's an army of giants coming with a dragon. And I don't feel like Paizo would build an automatic death encounter into their game. I don't feel like that would be very good game design, especially at the start of a book. So I feel like maybe there's something we're missing. Maybe something happened early on before I joined the group. Because if you remember, I came in at the start of book two. So maybe something in book one happened. This uh, The army is coming to look for something. They think there's something they want in the town. That's why they're coming. That's what the note said. Um, the note we found said that the army was coming because there was something in this village that they wanted. So, yeah, I mean, we basically ended the session um, back at Sandpoint, sort of planning out what we were going to do. And the next session, we'll start off with that. We don't even know when this army is coming. I got the sense that it was going to be soon, but we don't have any point of reference to know when they're coming. We also don't know, like, what assets the town has. And we don't know what they're looking for. And I just, that's what I, I feel like we're missing something. So I don't know. So next session is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And um, that's it. I didn't run any of my uh, drop-in game for Pathfinder this week. Uh, and I'll talk more about that at the end uh, of the episode. But before that, I got some call-ins to get into. Um, so let's let's dive in. Hey, Joe, you can't leave us hanging like that. Why don't you like FLGS, Friendly Local Gaming Store? I like my FLGS. It was owned by a, a person who was close to me who passed away, and I go there all the time, and they're very friendly. It's local. It's right around the corner, and they got games and comics. I don't know. Sounds like the right acronym for the place, and maybe many other places, but you got a hang-up, even though you say you don't like hang-ups. Just now on your podcast, in response to John Large. Ironic. Oh, now I get what this German old ancient gaming thing is. I posted something, a blog that I thought was cool on my audio dungeon, and Jason Connerly took offense. And I'm like, why is he taking offense? This is a cool blog about how people at the turn of the century of the 20th century were doing role-playing games and just thinking about war game scenarios and maybe rolling a couple of their craps dice uh, to get a result 
uh, but apparently it's a controversial movement that's even more obscure or obtuse as OSR. Oh well, why don't we just play our games and not bitch about it, not complain about it, and just have fun with other people, unless they're cheaty GMs, right? Or cheaty players. Yeah, so remember how last episode I said that if I don't finish making these episodes right when I get up, I have a hard time finishing them? So I'm recording this 24 hours after I uh, started it. So here we go. Carl, yeah, man, I have no issue with the actual gaming store themselves. It's just that acronym, the way it gets thrown around. One, that everyone should just know what it means. And two, that it's just what these things are called now. It's just another example of that really annoying, just kind of, I don't know, devaluing of these places. It's not an FLGS. It's whatever the name of your amazing store is. That's what it is called. Um... And I think it does these stores a disservice to call it this acronym because they are more than an acronym. And especially, like, I have been into more gaming shops that are not friendly than friendly. (laughs) And that's just a simple fact of my life. Like, the majority of the gaming stores I've gone into have been run by... People that I would not want to spend time with. The one where I met my Pathfinder group, um, it was called Gary's Games. It's no longer there. The space was awesome, and they were really cool to let us play there. But none of the people that worked there were, you know, great. Gary seemed like a nice enough guy, and I feel bad that he had to sell his shop. But I certainly wouldn't have defined it as a friendly local gaming shop. Uh, yeah, man, I just th- that acronym just bugs the shit out of me. But again, nothing wrong with the places themselves. I'm sure the one that you go to is friendly and it is local to you and it is a gaming shop. So, you know, in a certain sense, if the shoe fit, wear it. But yeah, and as far as the Kriegspiel stuff goes, uh, Ray Otis over on Plundergrounds does a much better job of explaining the situation. But to me, it's just another one of these things. Look how special we are. Look how different we are. We're cooler than this other thing. It's just this example of this hipster mentality that, you know, is pretty prevalent in our society, especially in niche groups. Oh, I thought this thing was cool before anything else you know, before anyone else thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are special. Go off, join your little club. Um, yeah, and just they can have their Krieg, free Kriegspiel thing. And it's I just think it's a joke. I think it's ridiculous. There's absolutely no need for it. Like you mentioned, let's just all play games, man. Uh, this nomenclature shit that's going on is it's just it's fucking stupid. <laughs> Free Krugspiel. Get over yourselves, you idiots. Anyway, um, but someone who isn't an idiot, besides Carl, because Carl is awesome, um, Barney, man. Barney called in again with an update to his game um, that he's designing with, you know, some of his friends. And I before I... Before I play Barney's message, I just wanted to thank him as a game designer for taking time to 
make his game accessible to more people, to people, you know, like me with visual disabilities, but just make it accessible to more people in general. I don't think, I mean, I know for a fact that that isn't done very often, that accessibility is not an issue that a lot of game designers have in their minds when they're designing games. They just throw the games out there. And I get it. I get it. Uh, it's a lot easier to design a game that's accessible to people like you, uh, to people like you in the general sense. You know, the majority of people do not have visual disabilities. Majority of gamers do not have visual disabilities. So why spend time and effort and brain power and maybe money to design a game, you know, that works for folks that are blind um, so yeah, dude, and that I totally understand that sentiment, but so I just wanted to say an extra thank you to Barney for doing this as a game designer. I wish more game designers would do it. I wish this kind of stuff would get talked about more when folks are talking about game design, but you know, shit in one hand, wish in the other and see which one fills up first, you know? <laughs> anyway, Barney, dude, take it away. Hi Joe, thanks for your further thoughts on making the Vantage dice roller more accessible. Um, you might not have noticed when you took a look at it that on the on the the, the second screen when you roll the dice that it did give you uh, a readout of the of the of the dice rolled but your point is is to finish that job if you like uh when you're talking about uh you know associating the different dice with um uh, sorry look I'm I'm rambling off here I'm going to go to a second message so I'm not trying to claim that the dice roller was trying to be accessible. Uh, I'm not claiming that at all by saying that there was a, a readout at the bottom. What I'm saying is I I understand what what you're saying needs to be done. So I've sent I've sent and had thumbs up about the required changes. So the different coloured dice are going to be named coloured underneath them and when you go to the rolling board on the second screen all of the readouts of the results are visible with the successes listed at the top and the misses listed at the bottom. Barney, the fact that you can understand anything I'm trying to say is a testament to your patience, your understanding, and your insight. Uh, because half the time, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But dude, you know, I said it before your messages played, but let me say it again here. Thank you for working so diligently to try and make your game as accessible as possible for as many people as possible. That is amazing. Um, you know, the fact that I'm even able to play some small part because I am certainly not an expert. I'm not a game designer. I'm not an accessibility expert or anything, but the fact that I'm able to, you know, sort of 
bring up ideas or whatever and see what sticks is amazing, man. Thank you for that. And I am very excited to play it, you know, to kind of see what it's like. And it's also hard to say what isn't is not accessible until I've actually played the game. Like reading the rules and looking at screenshots and stuff is different than actually getting in there and doing it. So we're going to have to figure that out sometime soon. Um, because I really, I really want to get in there, man. I really do. I really, really do. All right. That's, that's it folks for the call-ins. Um, yeah. So let me close out of here and take it from there. Yeah, so I said at the top of the show that, you know, I didn't run any games of my Rise of the Root, or not Rise of the Rune Lords, my drop-in Pathfinder game uh, this week, and I talked more about it. And the reason I didn't is because I got a job. Hooray! Um, For the first time in, shit, I don't know, probably three years now, uh, I will be gainfully employed as a full-time worker and so that's gonna be weird (laughs) that's gonna be very weird for me to get used to that I have very much spent the last like I said three years deep in the gaming world either running an actual play podcast or running games online or playing games online and meeting amazing people online and so, yeah, it's, it's going to take me some time to figure out how to balance that out. I'm pretty sure um, I'm going to be able to work from home after like the first couple initial training days. And so that will definitely help keep things as normal as possible. But I just need to get my brain wrapped around all this stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to, you know take a week or so off from running from running games online uh but i I, i'm definitely going to get back into it i love it i've been having such a fun time i i need to run at least like i said last episode i need to run at least like i think in one more game now i can get the timeline where everyone's back to where they need to be in the timeline so that'll be cool Because right now everyone's just kind of scattered out because of the market. There's this magical market that happens in town at the end of every month. And folks want to be there. So, um, yeah, I want to make sure people get the chance to play around in the market. But that's it, folks. That's my big announcement. You know, got a job. It might change some stuff, but not for long. Certainly not forever. And I, I hope it'll work out. It seems... Like, this job is going to be a really good fit, I think. I have my fingers crossed. I feel good about it. Everyone I've spoken with at the organization seems really kind and compassionate and like they're there to help people, and that's what I want to do. That's what I will be doing. Um, Yeah, it's for a nonprofit helping seniors kind of just navigate their day, finding you know, finding discounts or finding other organizations or services that they might need, just kind of helping them navigate through this crazy fucking insane world we live in now. So I think it'll be a really good fit. I'll keep everybody posted. 
uh, commutes suck, so I hope I won't have one for very long. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, that's it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for everyone for calling in, uh, Carl and Barney and Jason and anyone else who might have called in this episode. I think that's everybody. Thank you all for listening. I love you all. And until next time, peace out.